I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. Hello, friends. On this week's episode, we got to chat with Jeanette Tapley. Jeanette is the host of the podcast, It's Time for Coffee, and recently came out with her own devotional that she wrote called It's Time for Jesus. It was super fun to carve out a little bit of time to just visit with her and hear her heart about community and friendship which are both topics that she is personally very passionate about. Jeanette is really big on cheering each other on and celebrating each other's accomplishments, not from a standpoint of comparison or competition. Jeanette is the sweetest and it was really super fun just to get to chat with her and get to know a little bit more about her and her perspective on these things. Jeanette, we're so excited that you are joining us on Simplicity Beckons podcast. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be hanging out with you guys. I feel like some talk like girl time is exactly what I needed today. Yeah, I love that. So um, we're going to be talking about community and friendships. That's kind of what I, what we're diving into on our podcast this month But before we do that, would you just kind of let us know more about you, who you are, what you got going on? Yeah. Uh, So I'm Jeanette Tapley. I'm the host of the It's Time for Coffee podcast, um, where we have coffee every week. And it's one of my favorite things. I think we all know that like sitting down for coffee with a friend just gives us so much life and it just fulfills like that little sweet part of our hearts. And I, um, I think I had hit a season in my own life where I was missing that more and more because um, kids are in school and I have a a lot of my friends homeschool. And so I was just kind of like craving that kind of connection. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And so I created my podcast, which has been a lot of fun. And then on top of that, I um, manage and show run. I think it's up to like maybe 30 podcasts. So I have it like I'm under a production team. I get to have a hand in some really awesome podcasts and um, some really cool people that I get to hang out with and call coworkers, and it's just a blast. And so we do that, and then I um, have a book. I'm like, what's that word when you write? (laughs) (laughs) I have a book. I'm an author of a 30-day devotional. It's called It's Time for Jesus, where we just like want you to know and believe who God made you to be right where you are instead of like chasing that far off dream of like, God, change me, shape me. He's like, I actually made you exactly how I want you. So like, let's go with that. So my heart is just for loving women just like us and making sure that they know that they're heard, valued, and never alone, no matter what stage of life we're in. And on top of that, I have three kids. I have three kids and a wife. I have all these people who depend on me. Mm. You've got your hands full. <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> what are the ages of your children? Oh, so the fun thing is I have like big kids. Um, I have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, 
and a 10 year old. And so we're kind of in that like teen tween stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is super weird cause we're talking about first jobs and cars and mm-hmm. periods and stuff like that. Like we're just like in this like really weird stage. I know you said you're pregnant and I'm like, Oh, take me back to when they were just little larvas. Like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> cause now they're not, they're big. Well, and I'm sure it goes fast. And then like before you know it, you're having those conversations and it's like, oh, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Like who knew we'd have to be talking about like your first car and driving lessons and all of this. I'm like, just the other day, I like kissed your belly like you were a baby. And he's like, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two big boys and then my daughter is our youngest. So two big boys and a little girl. How fun. That's special. So like Elizabeth had mentioned this month, we're talking about community and friendships. And the mission statement that we have at Simplicity Beckons is that each step we take to simplify, we allow ourselves to focus on what's most important, creating a more fulfilled and better life. So what are some simple ways to approach fostering community wherever we find ourselves? Yeah, I think that's a really great way to look at relationships and community. And I think we tend to overcomplicate friendships. And I think that's why our generation leans on that. Like friendship is too hard. Like I just can't do it. And I think that that's a lie, like, like straight from the devil. <laughs> like, no, that's an isolating line. I think in 2020, we have seen isolation um, in a really real form. And I think we've had to look at that community very, very differently this year and moving forward. So when I think about simplifying community, I think it looks like um, having having friends meet for walks, like go for a walk together. Mm-hmm. I think it is like, hey, I'm going to go to a yoga class on Friday. Do you want to come with me? Like really inviting people into the day in and day out stages of our or, not even stages of our lives, but like meetings of our lives. The church that we belong to um, talks about creating sacred spaces in ordinary places. And I think that that is what community looks like. And I think that it, that is something that if we were to do that and have that mentality with our friendships, it would just be a game changer. How often can we just like prop up a phone and cook dinner together on FaceTime? Like it's mm-hmm. If we start thinking outside of the box of girls' night out and self care and these things that kind of hold us to like, well, that's another hour or two hours or a babysitter. No, no, no. Let's simplify. Like, make dinner together. It's as easy as that. We're all going to make dinner. I mean, my family has to eat every single night. So <laughs> why not like FaceTime while we're doing it? Or why not have a book club meeting? shoot, like I love my book club. It's such a great way for us to connect because it's like one, we're reading the same book all together. And then we meet on zoom because that's just the way the world is. And my book club is like a book club all over the world. It's not just in my hometown. So it's, I think that we just have to think outside the box. Yeah. And I, I think 2020 has given us some really unique challenges, but like you said it, I think it's, it's reframed it to where, okay, like now FaceTime is the only option. So we're going to meet over FaceTime. And then, like you said, it becomes, it comes to our attention that it's like, man, we could have been doing this all along. You know, we didn't need a pandemic to remind us that, you know, we have technology as a way to connect. And one thing that my husband and I have been doing lately is just been having people in our home a lot more often. And I know that 
there's differing opinions on that with COVID and stuff, but um, we have opened up our home. I found that I love having people at our house because uh, I can put my baby to bed and I can be free to give them my attention. And it doesn't matter how late they stay at that point because (laughs) part of my job is done. And I also love it because it motivates me to get my house picked up. Like, (laughs) silly as that sounds. No, I think that's so smart. And I think when we, like, I feel like it was like years ago, we were um, living in Alaska and our best friend, we did that. Like we just like, we would play games and we would put the kids to bed. And then when it was time for us to leave, we'd either like let our kids spend the night or we'd go, you know, like pick off and take right. home. And, and there's just that aspect of community and actual, like actually doing life together. And I think mm. that that's something that we miss so often with friendships and community. Cause like sometimes we have to be polished and put together. And I think that's why working out together is such a good thing because I am not the makeup and put together worker outer. Like I am a messy bun, ratty t-shirt and no makeup. Most of the time my makeup is like leftover from the night before. And so I think that there has to be vulnerability and having people in our homes is a massive part of vulnerability. I do not love to host because I see every flaw in my home, but Mm. my husband loves having people over. So it's this give and take. And it also is a surrender. It's a surrender of like, Hey, my house is not always super clean. Yes, It's picked up, but it's not always super clean. And that's just me. Like that's, that's just a part of who I am. And I feel like that gives you the opportunity to have those like me too moments of where like you show up at a friend's house and you realize, wow, it is dirty. And it's like, no, me too. You know, even today I met up a friend at the park and my toddler just had like the biggest meltdown and having her there being able to be like, Hey, we're in that phase two of tantrums and just kind of walk through what that looks like and how she handles it can just be really refreshing and take it to a whole nother level. Absolutely. And I think that when we allow people to see us at those moments, it's like, Oh, okay. Like (sighs) I would have handled the situation the same way. And that's great. (laughs) Like, okay, good. Because it, it just takes back that, like, layer. It makes me, like, I don't know why I just saw this. It's, like, the silliest thing. But it takes back that layer of the onion. And, like, ogres, people, yeah. we have, we're have we like an yeah. onion, right? Ogres have layers. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So funny. Yeah. Uh, recently, we had some people over, and um, I didn't have a chance to clean up the kids' bathroom because I don't really go in there unless I absolutely have to. Like a forgotten spot, right? That's how uh-huh. Yeah. And I literally was like, uh, yeah, if you need to use our room, you're going to go through our room and use ours because uh, I didn't go in the kid's bathroom and I can make no promises as to what it looks yeah. like in there <laughs> because you never know. I get that. I get that. I had a friend one time say, I love coming to your house because it's just so real. And I was like, I think you might be telling me I'm messy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think. Oh, so funny. It's like, oh, real, like positive, negative. Like, I know. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just going to take that and say, thanks. Cause if I read too much (laughs) and every once in a while, like, well, I'll think about it even more. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what she meant by (laughs) (laughs) what is real. (laughs) Yeah. Or or like how people will say like, you're so real. (laughs) Like there's, there's different ways you can say that or you can be like, you're so real. (laughs) I don't know. 
<laughs> so funny. I'm, I don't, you know, it's like you go back and you're like, what did her face look like? And it was like, seriously, probably five years ago. And I'm like, what <laughs> did she mean? We can always call her up and see, you know, like. Yeah. Hey. And she's the kindest person. She's like, no, it's because you just like are real. <laughs> I'm sure she meant it nice. That's how we're just going to take it. I'm sure she was being the sweetest. I love like hearing people's stories like that because I feel like, I don't know, it's just so often we have similar experiences, but we don't always, sometimes we're afraid to like be vulnerable and have those, like you said, those me too moments where it's like, oh goodness, like I'm so glad that other people feel like they're a mess because I feel like I'm a mess so much of the time. (laughs) I like seriously came into this call like, guys, I'm so sorry. I've had the most mom day. (laughs) So just such a mess, such a mess. And it's just nice to know that like, it's, it's not what's expected, but it's what is accepted. And I think that it's just really special to know that like, I can be me and that's okay. And people are going to accept me or they're not. And that is okay too, like to not be accepted. And I'm like total Enneagram nine. I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rock the boat. I want like knowing somebody out there like doesn't like me, like actually gives me like a stomach ache. So <laughs> like mm-hmm. just, you know, it's fine. It's okay. I, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and <sighs> that's okay. And yeah. I feel like the friends that you can really let your hair down with and be really yourself. I mean, those are like the true genuine friendships that stick around and they want to be with you for life. And it's not this like fake polished thing that we feel like we have to pencil in at the perfect moment and pretend and, you know, have it all together. But it's like, those are the genuine relationships that last you through like the really hard rocky season and the really high highs. And I mean, that's who you want to stick around. Absolutely. And I think when you get safe enough to, to start showing those, cause I don't, I think it takes time to build that in, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's peeling back those layers and there's, and there's getting to know those people. And I think once you do that and you kind of finally hit that, like, Oh, Oh, I'm not on anymore. And it's kind of like this, like, mm. like realization where you're like, Oh, I haven't been on. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, okay. Oh, you still like me. <laughs> like, this is so great. I know I had one of those with my best friend, Juliana. I, um, called her like sobbing one night and I was like I just need to come over I lost my temper I like totally raged and I just need somebody to talk to because I can't even quite pray about it yet right have you ever that like where you're just so angry that you're like well, I was just so angry at myself for how I how mm-hmm. I was that I just needed somebody to talk to so that then I could like finally like release that I don't know if that makes sense and I, and I think it was one of those moments where I was like oh she really loves me mm. and she really loves my family because not only did, was she like, yeah, your family sucks. <laughs> she was not like that at all. She was like, okay, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change? How are you going to grow? How are you going to take this to the Lord now? And I think when we have that like exhale of like, I'm not on anymore and I can mm. take this to a friend who's going to point me to the Lord even more. It's like, oh, okay. Like I'm so safe here. Yeah. Those friends that don't tell you, what you want to hear or they're not like, Oh my gosh, that you're, you're, you're right. That person was like, was so wrong. The person that's like, well, what could you have done differently? Or, you know, and I think those are those friendships that impact us. And as much as it's scary to be that person, you know, I feel like we, God calls us to be that person. Sometimes that person that says, 
I see why you felt that way, but have you looked at it from this perspective? You know, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's safe to just tell people what they want to hear or, you know, not challenge them or, yeah. you know, to be challenged. So I think that there's something too about like we stand with people in their wedding days to like, it's not just like for fun and parties, mm-hmm. but we stand with people to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we have that accountability in that stage of life and maybe we don't. And I think that that's something I, I was just thinking about more and more this week as I was writing, just like, where do those people come into accountability for us? And so now we have people in our life who pour into our day-to-day life as families and as girlfriends and, and this like life that we're in the season that we're in. And I think to myself, like, are we being friends who hold one another accountable? Like, are like, if my marriage is that is, is falling or failing or sad or hurt, do I have somebody who I can say, Hey, like, I really need prayer for my, my marriage because this is, this is hard right now. And in am I going to get that support and that, that call up or am I going to get the, like, yeah, your husband, like, oh my gosh, he's the worst. Like I want to be really careful about who I'm surrounding myself with in that aspect because we constant need called up or we need called out. And I think mm-hmm. that there's, there's both of that. And I was just thinking about how that reflects early in our marriages with the people we asked to stand by us and how those people actually matter in our marriage and I don't think that we're doing that very well. Like, I don't know. It's been forever since I got married. So I don't know. But I was just thinking about that. Like, how do we, do we have those people in our life? Because we know that sin is a slow fade. So do we have people who are saying like, hey, you have had, you know, four glasses of wine the last five nights. Are you making wise choices? Like how, like, why are you turning to this? Why are you eating out so much? Like just, we need called out and I think we have to be intentional with the people that we have in our life or that slow fade is encouraged or that slow fade is stopped. And I just wonder how many marriages we could save. We're open and honest about these things early on or how many um, abusive relationships with alcohol that we could say, you know, this has been like so thought provoking in how I have been, um, just dealing with relationships in my own life right now. So I don't know if that goes with anything we're talking about, but that's been on my heart. (laughs) Well, I think it does because community, shouldn't it at its core be deeper than just like surfacey relationships? Like it should be like those relationships that challenge us and those relationships that are real um, and those relationships where we can be ourselves because it's not a true friendship if we're not being ourselves. Right. Like if we're, if we're putting up a front or we're, um, you know, if we're just, if we're afraid to take it to that next level. Um, and I know we can't have those relationships with everyone. Obviously we kind of have to pick and choose, but I think fostering a strong community, we need to be looking at if we're making positive deposits into people's lives and not just withdrawing, uh, you know, negativity or just, I think, like you said, it's, it's important for us to really evaluate what our relationships look like and make sure that at least on our end, the end that we can control that, you know, we're fostering a strong, positive community. So I know something that you are really passionate about is that in a lot of friendships and relationships that we have, particularly with other women. And I think part of this is fostered by like social media and 
you know, the comparison trap that we can so easily fall into because, you know, we all like to put our best foot forward with how we represent ourselves and we can, (laughs) it's so easy for us to kind of craft that and it can look exactly the way that we want it to. Um, So number one, we tend to, to compare ourselves. And then number two, it seems like we're always in competition with each other. If we have the same interests, if we're good at the same things, it's not like there's space for everyone to be their fullest and their best. I don't think that that's what God wants out of community. So can you kind of share with us some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I like, I think we all hate comparison, like at the root of who we are, because it's so uncomfortable, but I think we all struggle with it. And I think that for us to be like, comparison is wrong and just like shove it away. To me, that just means I'm like stuffing it down. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I've been in relationships where comparison has been an issue where one, either I'm comparing myself to them and feeling like, man, I just wish I could get what you have. And like, how do I get there and all this stuff. And, And it has been fostered in love and all of this stuff, like met with like grace. And then I've been in relationships too, where it's like, well, come on, saddle up, let's go work harder, do your best, fight Mm. for it. And it's like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know which way is right. And so I think the best thing that we can do when we are faced with comparison is to cheer for one another. Um, I, I actually just bought like mini champagne bottles because I want to forever be prepared to celebrate my people. (laughs) Like I always want to have like champagne on hand and I always want to have confetti poppers on hand because there's always got to be a reason to celebrate our people. So whether it is uh, one of my friends finishing a um, home remodel, shoot, we're popping that mini champagne. We're celebrating that you had to live in chaos for a little bit and now it's over. If it's a friend being at the top of the podcasting charts, Heck yeah, champagne for you. We're celebrating that. And I think I can I have I have found myself fighting comparison and the best way that I can fight it is to celebrate. And it's mm. not disingenuous and it's not like a well, I guess we'll celebrate because she's getting what I have, but it's instead it's saying, "Man, you've worked really hard and I've seen your effort and I'm going to celebrate with you and for you." Because I believe my turn is coming. Like just because you got what you, what we look at as success doesn't mean it's not coming for us. And so it's very much a like, heck yeah, you did something awesome and we're celebrating you because the next person is going to get something awesome too. And we just like compare, we can either sit in the comparison and feel that like, oh, well, great, good for you. Or we can really, really truly believe that verse like, That is, um, and now of course I just lost it, which is like exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. Well, girl, if you're getting that, then heck yeah, I'm going to believe that for me too. So that means I'm going to celebrate you. That means I'm going to love on you hard right now. I really love how you tied comparison and competition kind of into the same thing, because I guess I wasn't really thinking about them as being the same. Like if we're comparing, we're competing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and who wants to be in competition with one another? I was raised to compete with my sisters and it's not fun. And I didn't even realize it until this year where I was like, oh, this is why we struggle so much because we're constantly trying to one up one another. I don't want to live that way. You don't want to live that way. Like I want to be as, as me as I can be. And that means not looking over at what you're doing. 
that means looking here and when I see you win, I'm high-fiving you and I'm going to keep looking forward. Um, one of the hymns that we were singing, not hymns, I mean, I'm a pastor's kid, so hymnal. Um, <laughs> we were singing one of the new versions of Go Tell It On The Mountain or Joyful, Joyful or whatever. And it said, there's a verse in it that says, um, like flowers before thee, we open to the sun. And I have a sunflower tattoo that I got this year. And I have just written in my journals over and over, like, Lord, help me to look to the sun. Like, I want to look for the sun, S-O-N, and sun, S-U-N. I want to be focused on the sun. And when I heard that verse in church this last week, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, like the wildflowers, he cares for the wildflowers. And they open for his delight. That's the kind of person I want to be. Flowers don't look to the left and right to see when they're supposed mm-hmm. to bloom. Flowers mm-hmm. bloom when the sun hits them and their faces are turned to the sun. And I was like, well, there we go. Like, that's just mm-hmm. like my life verse from now on. One thing we like to ask our guests is just, what are you simplifying? It could be really in any area of life. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure most of the world does this now. Um, but I have been ordering my groceries online for years, like two years now. And I don't, I don't, I will never go back. Never. Um, but on top of that, one of my very favorite cookbooks is, um, cook once eat all week. And Mm. it is so great. So you cook, you like, I cook on a Sunday and I make three meals for the week. And, um, sometimes they're a little bit small. So for a family of five, I have to stretch it a little bit more. Um, but it is the best simplicity tool, simplicating tool. I don't know the right words. It's what I do. It, I, I swear by, if I don't do that, we eat Chick-fil-A at least twice a week, which is just not good for the budget and really not good for the pants either. <laughs> I Here's need that what? book. <laughs> yeah. What was the like, name? Tell me book? more. <laughs> it is called, what is it called? It is called Cook Once, Eat All Week. And it is by Cassie Joy... I can't remember her on Instagram. Her handle is fed and fit. And it's like, it, you can do paleo. You, I mean, like you can sub out however you need to do it for paleo mm-hmm. or, um, gluten-free. Like she has all of these things that you can like do. And it is like, seriously, so, so easy. And I feel like a really great cook. Like it's very flavorful food. Um, there's a few times where I'll sub out like chicken breast. If we've had too much chicken, uh, in the, in the past weeks, I'll just sub out like chicken breast for like chicken thighs. We prefer thighs most of the time, but it is a lifesaver. Like it is, it's my very favorite thing. I'll probably never stop talking about it. <laughs> so do you have a store you prefer to order your groceries through? Cause I feel like I keep jumping around and I just haven't found one that I can like stick with. Okay. Where do you live? Georgia. Like what state? Okay, you're in Georgia. I'm in Texas. Uh, yeah, H-E-B. We just love, we love the H-E-B. And so I get all of our groceries from H-E-B unless um, I was trying to justify like getting oat milk from Target the other day. And my husband's like, really, why? Like, why would you order it from Target? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't justify it. I was like, he's like, it's more expensive. And I told him, I was like, oh, because I only need a couple of things and I don't want to make the ship shopper go to H-E-B. Mm. He's like, so you're going to send them. And our target area is having a ton of like road construction. And he's like, so you're going to send her to like the worst area of town for <laughs> construction. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just get H-E-B. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, <fine. laughs> 
Love that. That's really great. That's, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's going to be in my Amazon cart roll soon. You know what? It, I mean, this might air after Christmas, but it'd be a great stocking stuffer if you need a stocking stuffer. That, that's a great idea too. Yeah. Like, I love the idea mm-hmm. of like cooking once. It really is. And you can do like, she, like she has it set up so, so well where there's like three main meals that you cook and then you can add in like, um, like a substitute days. So if you need like extra, if you know you're going to need more food there through the week, you can do that. Um, but it really is like, it is such a game changer and it's no more than like two hours in the kitchen on Sunday afternoon. Mm. It's not mm. terrible. And she uses the Instapot. Like, I mean, I'm Ben and Fitz's biggest fan. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to be buying that book once yeah. we jump off of it. Yeah, for well, sure. <laughs> when I was driving home today, I was thinking about something. And I'm going to just spring these questions on you guys. But I was thinking about how, like, there are little ages and stages and stuff that my kids are doing right now that I just really don't want to forget. Like there's cute little stuff that they're doing that I don't want to forget. And my example is that my, my six-year-old son, he's almost seven. He is obsessed with the Travis Tripp song. Um, a great day to be alive. (laughs) It's so random and it's so cute. And he just plays it on repeat. Like, Mm. and I just don't, I don't want to forget it. And I know that I probably will if I don't like write it down or be intentional. So Jeanette, what is something that your kids are doing right now in their age, in their stage that you just do not want to forget? Man, that's so fun because I can think about like when my kids are that age or like uh-huh. there was something they always said fingers instead of fingers. And I loved that. And there's like a little video of my son saying, is that cool too, mom? Like, so there's little <laughs> stuff like that. But in this bigger stage, it's so mm. interesting because they get to do a lot of life with us now. Like mm. my, we've all watched The Office and Parks and Rec. And so I think that there's like this sweet stage right now that we're in where our oldest is like tipping that side of like going to hang out with his friends more and more and like driving. And so I think the thing I want to hold on to, the stage that we're in right now is that one – we're homebound most of the time anyways, because of COVID, but two, that we all enjoy watching TV together. Mm -hmm. So they are all watching lost. And so there's just like a sweet season that I don't want to forget the years that we sat and watched TV together because soon they'll be with their friends and we'll be at home, like watching for curfew. Mm. (laughs) I can like remember vaguely being in that season like with my parents when it still is like pizza on Friday night is like still kind of cool and you want to like you know watch like the new movie with them but you're right there's like this tipping point where you want to watch it with your friends instead of your family and we have like our boys have really really sweet friends that we value all of our parenting and it's there's not one cool house so Mm -hmm. it's like they're gonna bounce around and it's just a matter of time before they bounce more. So that might not exactly answer your question about like some super cute things that they do, but it is just like a, it's a season that I I know will, will go fast. No, I think that's perfect because you're in a different season than, than I am like, Mm. but it is something you don't want to forget and you want to be intentional about remembering and like appreciating while it's happening because it's going to, like you said, the phases, the stages, they keep rolling. 
they don't slow down. So I think, I think that's a great answer for the stage that you're in. What about you, Natalie? What, what is Graham doing right now? Opposite spectrum. I feel like I have a (laughs) three-year-old. So we are still in the like saying words wrong. Kind of like you were saying, like we say words wrong. His newest thing, if you ask like, how is your nap or how is dinner or any kind of how question, his answer is always well. So he'll be like, like, how's your nap? I'm like, well, and I'm always like waiting. Cause I'm like, well, what, you know, like, I think he's going <laughs> to say more like, well, something, but to him, that's just good. I don't know where he picked up that like grammar, but he'll just be like, well, it was well. So well, that's adorable. That's, that's so cute. Thing. So fun. But soak it all in. Cause I know it goes fast. It does. But I will say it's so slow and trying. Like I, oh. I hate to be that mom. That's like, just enjoy it. It goes fast. It's like, no, no, no. Like it doesn't go any faster than it feels. <laughs> like, that is a good still. reminder too. Like the long days are long days. <laughs> they are long days. And time does move faster when they get bigger. Cause there is a lot more going on, but it doesn't take away that time when they were little and they were sweet <laughs> and naughty. Gosh, they're naughty, mm-hmm. but it also is such sweet seasons because we're pouring out so much to them and that time is not wasted. And I think that's something that our generation is kind of like, well, I have to wait till my kids are done with this, with this so I can move on to the next stage. And it's like, man, I'm flabbergasted at all that God let me do while my kids were young, but I'm also flabbergasted at what I'll get to do even more that they're big, mm. but it still means I had to work for a purpose in that season when, mm. when they were with me and when they were watching me and all of those things. And, and there's been seasons wasted and there's been seasons I've taken advantage of. Um, but man, it's, it's hard no matter what stage they're in, whether yes. it is a, is a tricky, tricky mm-hmm. thing. And, mm-hmm. um, I hate it when people are like, it, it just flies by. It's like, well, tell, tell that to me when I'm pregnant and I'm having to change a diaper. Like that is a flyby. That's a really long tumultuous season. (laughs) Stop it. For real. I think some of the best advice, this is completely random that I've gotten is that like win your battles when they're little, because it's going to make it a lot easier when they're older. And I haven't been on the older side of it, but I know for a fact that like my, my four-year-old daughter, she is headstrong. She is opinionated. She um, has an agenda at all times. And like, I'm in the thick of it with her right now with winning, winning the battles. And it's hard because it's like, she's in such a cute little blonde hair, blue eyed package. But I know that like the investments that I'm making right now will hopefully pay off when she's 13 mm-hmm. and I, I no longer have the, um, I don't know. It's going to, those battles are going to be harder to win at that point. So I don't know. I just try yeah. to remember that, but this isn't like, I'm not just meeting the needs of this stage. I'm also, you know, I'm building on the next stages as well. Yeah. And in the next stage, you'll be able to say, I'm going to walk away from this. I could like, and one of the, one of the best things my counselor ever told me was, cause I would get so fired up in the moment and I am kind of like a rage monster and I hate that, but I'd get so fired up and like, why is nobody doing what I am saying to do? And then my counselor's like, walk away. Like don't, once your kids are past that, like it's hot, don't touch it phase. 
and you parent, like you kind of like pour in and, and you kind of establish that foundation and you win those battles, then you can walk away and you can wait a week and be like, okay, remember how you did that? That was wrong. And here's your consequences. And that to me, like has changed parenting because I can be like, okay, you know what? I'm real mad and I can't deal with this yet. And cause we know parenting out of anger can for me lead to more and more rage. And so it's like, what is happening when we walk away and say like, okay, um, I'm going to come back to this in a day or an hour or a week and say, now we can parent this moment because I have enough clarity. And when they get big, you can say, you know what? I'm going to wait and talk to your dad about that. <laughs> Buys you some time. I have a friend who always calls that. She says, um, mommy needs a timeout and she'll yes. just like walk away. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a minute. Like, let me yep. process, let me process this because surely you didn't just do that. Like really? So it's, it's been a really game changer in how I parented because you have, you've poured out, you've laid those foundations, you've, you've made all of that work and won those battles. And then you can come back and be like, okay, so you realize what you did was like super wrong. Like, yeah, That's not how our arguments go. Just so we're clear. That's a very, it's very, that's a very Instagram answer for you. Like, oh, we just like talk about it later. No, no, no. They're still screaming. <laughs> They're still fighting. I have a nine-year-old, ten-year-old little girl who thinks she is the best and the boss. And uh, we, we do not have normal conversations like that. It's okay. Grace, just abundance, abundance of grace, grace <laughs> everywhere. And yeah, I love hearing from people that have kids in a stage that I'm not, I mean, I love talking to people that have kids in the same stage as me, but I also love talking to and gleaning wisdom from people that have kids that are in the next stage because, um, I am drowning in the, like, if you touch the stove, you're going to burn your finger. Oh, yep. Yep. What did I say? Like, I told you that was going to happen. You know, like that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. I just, I know that, I need to be soaking it up, but at the same time, it, it feels like the trenches sometimes. And it is. That's because it is the trenches, <laughs> but it does get better. <laughs> well, this has been so fun. I've loved getting to meet you and connect with you. And um, just thank you for gifting us with your time because I know you have a lot going on and it just, it means a lot to us. Oh man. Like I said before, I needed some girl time and this is the community that I needed to hang out with today. So thank you for having me. Thank you. I hope you have a great night and enjoy those kiddos of yours. Yeah. One of them's headed to a sleepover. I mean, like I said, we're tipping tipping those scales. It's weird. (laughs) So thank you. I hope you guys have a good night too. And I cannot wait um, to hang out with you guys again. Sometimes community finding it looks like um, identifying with another mom about a current parenting struggle or maybe getting to hear their perspective on that same struggle now that they've kind of moved on to the next stage with older kids. I feel like the very concept of community has been very challenged over the last year with the events of 2020 and kind of figuring out how to stay connected throughout a pandemic where everyone is kind of supposed to be just taking up their own space and not really, you know, investing in physical community and 
it was really interesting to just kind of chat with her about the ways that technology can contribute positively to just, you know, maintaining those relationships and those friendships. Something that Jeanette said that has really stood out to me and I continue to kind of come back to is about how when a flower blooms, it does not bloom by looking to the flowers on either side of it. The only way it can really truly bloom into its best self is by, you know, focusing on the sun, S-U-N, or the sun, S-O-N. I love this illustration because it's so true. And I think it's just a great reminder to kind of carry along with us um, into our friendships, especially when we have things like social media that just make comparison so easy. I love how fired up Jeanette is about celebrating each other and taking every opportunity to just celebrate what we all have going on in our lives at different times and just really having a heart that's open to that because I think really community at its root, a godly community can be best built in an atmosphere where we're truly celebrating each other and um, not falling into the trap of comparison and competition. As always, thank you for entrusting just a little tiny bit of your day to us and to this conversation. If you are enjoying the podcast, one of the best ways that you can support us is to hop on over to iTunes and to rate and review the show or maybe just share it with a friend that you think could use a little bit of extra encouragement and simplicity in their life.